Hello, and welcome to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with Sports Editor Tim Miller, Managing Editor Chad Williamson, Bob Putman, Sports Writer, Reporter Mac Cordell. Mac is a reporter here at the Journal Tribune and guesting here today on the Journal Tribune podcast uh, because he's a resident of the Madison Plains School District and is able to provide a little bit more background on the Golden Eagles and their football team. So thanks for being here, Mac. And as we have our eyes toward the halfway point of this football season, uh, where do you guys want to begin today? What are we looking at? Well, we're going to have some games that I think local teams are going to win by somewhat lopsided scores this week. Marysville is going to be at home against Westland. Fairbanks is going to be home against Madison Plains. North Union is traveling to Jonathan Alder. And Triad is on the road at Green. So I guess we'll start I'd off. Be, with I'd be shocked if at least one or two of those games, like you said earlier, aren't on the running clock in the second half at some point. Well, I, yeah, I, I think we have maybe done early on. Yeah, yeah we may get out of here earlier. Marysville is ranked first in their region of Division One, so I think we should start off with them, Chad. I think people thought Hillier Bradley was going to give Marysville a test, and Marysville had an easier way with him than they did with Pickerington North even. Um, you know, the game ended 27-7 to in Marysville's favor, and really by halftime it was, it was kind of – out of hand, you know, Marysville started the first quarter with a field goal and was moving the ball pretty well. Tacked on some more points, got some points in the special teams again uh, when uh, Bradley snapped it at about 20 yards over the punter's head and then Marysville's players outran the punter for the ball and and uh, Errol Will stepped in for a touchdown, so that's always nice to get a score on special teams. Marysville definitely had their best game of the year running the ball. You know, they ran for 304 yards, uh, went to the air only uh, four times. Um, interesting thing for anybody who's been following Marysville so far is that they apparently settled out their quarterback, their two, two-person two quarterback issue, and uh, Brady Seeger took all the snaps on Friday night. He's been the more effective passer for the Monarchs, uh, while senior uh, uh, Ethan Musel has been more effective running the ball, but Seeger took all the snaps uh, this week. Musel shows up in Marysville's defensive backfield, so he was getting, you know, that's not a bad unit to move into if you can get on his Marysville's defense because they're probably one of the best defenses in Central Ohio. And Coach Johnson told me, you know, so they, they have the passing quarterback in there getting all the snaps, and they had anticipated throwing the ball, and then they didn't need to. Um, you know, they were just having so much success running the ball, you know, over 300 yards uh, Griffin Johnson and Gabe Powers both went over 100 yards in the game, and, and Colton Powers and Jeremy McNeil got some good runs too. They were under 50 yards, but but they had their shots and, and had some nice runs. The line is getting better. You know, I've been a little critical of the line, and, and they're they're looking better. I still like to see a few more yards between the tackles. <laughs> you know, you always like to you always like to see teams really really moving people out of that interior line. And they're getting there, though. And Johnson said, you know, a lot of that is timing also with the back. Sometimes that hole's there in the, or will be there, and the back slams in there a little too early or a little too late, and, and big play doesn't quite materialize. Marysville, though, is averaging 285 total yards per game, so guess what that number's going to do when yeah, that's that line it. gets better. When that I mean, line gets better and when they play, you know, it'll probably go up this week as they play Westland. And, I mean, that defense just continued. I mean, you know, the Jaguars came out and wanted to throw the ball. They went to the air like 19 times, but Marysville's getting such a pass rush on them. And, you know, there's just – Marysville's just not massive. They're just fast. I mean, it's never just one guy tackling the ball carrier, you know. There's always three or four hats on the ball. And, I mean, I can't imagine what opposing running backs even look for. I mean, there are just so many bodies flying at them, and they, and they, and they play to the whistle. And, you know, honestly, they've gotten – this so far this year, they've gotten points on turnovers – 
They've gotten, you know, they've returned a kick for a score. They've gotten, now they've got this punt. They scored when the other team punted. Those aren't just accidents. You know, those are effort plays also, you know. When Marysville comes in for punts, they try to block them almost every time. And, I mean, they're close. Even the punts they get away, a lot of times the other team will shank them. Or against Pick North, the punter went down real quick to try to pick up a low snap and took a knee. <laughs> so Marysville got the ball at like the 15. And that's because there are people always flying. You know, there's a mindset there. There's a mentality that they are going to fly to the ball wherever that ball is. Well, like we said last week, the average fan in the stands, they don't realize how important a kicking game is. Yeah. And when you asked, you don't know, when you said you don't know what opposing running backs are looking for, against Marysville's defense, the answer is not much. They're not getting anything. I mean, they ran for 50 yards, I think, this week. Marysville's passed. Give, they ran, nah, they ran for 76, but they passed. Marysville's given up 83 yards average rushing per yeah. game. So yeah, West, Westland's not going to be And, you know, a lot, of teams, a lot of teams will, on special teams, will rest their starters. A lot of teams see that as a rest, almost a rest play. Marysville's got their starters out there, and they are coming after the kicks, and they are they are trying to get yardage on kick returns. I mean, they they do not take the kicking game as a playoff, as a as a you know as a rest period. They they come after it, and that'll wear on a team. If the other teams decide they're going to trot out some second teamers to block for a punt, well, they're going to look at a lot of Marysville starting defenders coming at them, and they're fast, and you know it shows. Now there are still some. <laughs> 11 penalties Marysville had, you buddy. Just, Let me just, tell you, 11 you penalties for 100 yards. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that second half got chippy. Marysville knocked knocked uh, the Jaguars' starting quarterback out cold during the end of the third quarter, and he was down for a while. And, he, and when I mean out cold, he was out cold. I mean, he was out lifeless on the ground. Mm. Rolled him over. took a while to get him off there, and the game got a little w- had a little edge to it after that. A little, uh, little WWE. I think there, I think there were several there. personal fouls called like immediately after play resumed, after they got that quarterback uh, drug off the field. And uh, one of the officials, the first play, they threw up threw a penalty, and I heard one of their officials go, "I just told you guys about this." <laughs> so he had clearly seen it coming, <laughs> and went to both sidelines and told him, "Hey." Let's keep it clean when this starts again. And they were having none of it. They were going after, and I heard them, they were going after Gabe Powers a little bit as Marysville's, you know, five-star recruit for Ohio State. They, I think he had a little X on his back for a while, and they thought, well, you knocked our quarterback out. We're going to we're gonna give you a couple in the kidneys at the bottom of the pile and some stuff like that. So, you know, a couple of fumbles, too, for Marysville. And I know it's Johnson's tearing his hair out. I mean, after the game, I mean, he's happy, but, like, he just doesn't know what to do with it. He's tearing his hair out, and he's – they, the Marysville's fumbled the ball eight times in three weeks, well, think and they've about lost this. six of them. Can you imagine what their offensive numbers would be right now if they weren't putting the ball on the rug and losing yeah. it? I mean, or, or, or backing themselves up. They're outscoring their yeah. opponents 80-some mm-hmm. to 13 points. Uh, yeah, Like 86 to 13. They've outscored yeah. three opponents. Mm-hmm. And they're, they've nowhere near played their best ball. Not, not even, I mean, I think people going and watching the games are like, this is a really good team, and they are right on the edge of great. And if man, if they would stop shooting themselves in the foot and giving themselves, you know, third and fifteen instead of third and five. Well, we see things maybe a little more critically than the average fan does because right. we've been doing this for so long. Right. We see that yeah, this is a good, this is a very good Marysville football team. But if they get to the point where they eliminate some of these mistakes, they're going to be a very, 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 very good team. If that line, if that line play progresses and gets a little better and they they cut these mistakes in half or even better and then they start folding in more passing a little more passing they they'll be they've been promising that yeah, they'll be hard several weeks, they'll be, with that defense 
they'll be hard to stop. You know, I, I don't – I can't see too many more offenses on Marysville's regular season schedule. Maybe Darby. Darby's, Darby and Jerome. Dar, Darby and Jerome. Darby and Jerome, I think, are the two. They'll be Darby's, able to move the ball, I think, maybe Jerome. on Marysville, but nobody else is yeah. going to be able to. Yeah. I mean, because you, you don't know what kind of defenses they've faced. Because Chad, you, know, you talk about they, they go in wanting to mix it up, but if the one's doing so well, you sh- you're sure don't want to – That's exactly what they had this you, week. You're sure you don't want to – I think this is the fewest they've passed all year, and they came in – Johnson told me they came in wanting to throw the ball a little bit, and they just didn't have to. I think a lot of people thought maybe Bradley was going to be able to – present Marysville with more of a challenge. Marysville's going to have to have a challenge at some point, especially as, you know, every week they're tuning up for the the playoffs. They're going to have to have somebody come up and give them a challenge, and and Darby and Jerome could be the ones to do it. Those are the two I would probably circle at this point, unless something drastically changes. Another team that is still unbeaten, I think we'll be saying that again next week, is North Union. Bob, why don't you... Fill us in on what's going to happen Friday night. Well, North Union made a big jump in the computer rankings. I believe they were seventh last week, and they jumped all the way up to to second in uh, Region 18 and Division 5. One of the reasons that helped them get the big jump is they played up a division um, with Kenton Ridge. Uh, They were a four and uh, of course North Union is a five, so they get some extra points for beating a, uh, uh, a higher division opponent. A lot of people thought Kenton Ridge might give. Well, uh, we talked about it last week. We thought maybe Kenton Ridge would give and, North Union. And I a, think a, Coach Hajar did also, because that was one of the things he talked about. Uh, and I'm, I mentioned in my story that uh, the first words out of his mouth to the team after the game was over was, the bigger the challenge, the stronger the brotherhood. And he not only said it once, he said it twice. Mm. And that is, you know, I think he was very, very proud of, of what they did. In fact, uh, I will say that I've seen uh, Nick on the sidelines for quite a while, and he was animated on the sidelines Friday night as I, I've seen him in quite a while. But we've all seen good North Union teams come through and then go to the first or second round of the playoffs and run into a MAC team or somebody like that. You know, when it, North, I remember that one year, North Union was 10 0 and St. Henry came into town with like three or four losses and just, you know, handed North Union a terrible loss at home. Throttle. So I think playing teams like Kenton Ridge and seeing, hey, are we that good or are we, is it just a product of our record? You know, playing a team, a team the size of Kent Ridge gets you ready for the playoffs and some of those teams maybe you don't see coming. And they'll play up again Friday night against Jalvin Alder because I believe Alder is a, a Division Four. I believe. They're Division Three. They're Division Three, yeah. so they're going to go two divisions up. So a win this Friday points uh, for the uh, computer rankings. And Nick was saying that, that they ran into a, a little bit of issues Friday night uh, they were already without uh, as Ethan Young uh, at running back, and not sure whether he'll be able to play this week or not. An injury? Coach. Yeah, an injury, injury. an injury. And uh, they had a lot of kids go down Friday night. Uh, majority of them were cramps. Mary's will have the same thing yeah. again. But so he had to he had to put people in and out, and he said whoever he put in, you know, did the job. But I, I, I think that... Uh, yeah, so you know what that says? That means his lines. Yeah. His oh, lines yeah. in place. Yeah. The, big, the biggest help was Owen Davis, who stepped in and rushed for over 200 yards. And uh, that's uh, 
you know, a big step. He he was a main cog. He got the ball. He was the main carrier, and uh, so he uh, he carried the load for him and, and had a couple long runs and, 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 and like that. And talking with Coach uh, Nathan Snedeker this week, uh, interesting enough, he, he talked about North Union's run game, how, you know, former was and it'd be tough to stop. But he really, the first thing he talked about was North Union's defense. He's one of the first things he said, just look, they've shut out three of their four opponents in the first four weeks, and the other team only got 14 points. So he says they have they have athletes everywhere, and he, and he chuckled, and he said, you know, there were times I thought they had more than 11 people out there because they were coming to the ball and and – just didn't allow Kenton Ridge to to do much of anything. And Kenton Ridge came in averaging almost 500 yards a game, and barely got over 200. Well, Kenton so, Ridge is supposed to be one of the better teams on that side of the Central Buckeye yeah. Conference this year, and that's that's what surprised me. Is was I felt North Union could win, but I was thinking more along the lines of a 21-14, 28-21. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect North Union to, to pitch a shutout like that, but that just shows what their defense is capable of. And they're they're going to be going up against a Jonathan Alder offense that's still in a lot of learning stages, even right. though we're reaching the halfway point of the season. It's 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 been a it's been a slow learning curve and that's for some what, of those kids. That's what Coach Stedeker talked to me about. He says they're they're still going through the learning process. Uh, Plus the start that they had of going, they won their first game last Friday night against uh, Northwestern, Northwestern. Yeah. I couldn't remember, it was Northeastern or Northwestern. It's one of those directions. <laughs> yeah, was over and, in that uh, direction. So. And so he said, you know, the little more upbeat after Friday's game and everything, but he says we're still, we're still learning. And, uh, you know, the kids have, have fought hard to, you know, getting over the, the slow start that they're not used to. To having and and uh, uh, they're still uh, still very positive about things that they want to do, uh, uh, but he he knows that it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle this week. I hope they can. I hate to see what happened to Jonathan Alder. What's happened to I think London and West Jeff a few times over the last two decades, maybe where they're very good, and then when they start to be bad, they get very bad in a hurry. I think West Jeff and London have both been like that, haven't they? Yes, you've yes. They're both on the, the, the bounce back up, and obviously yeah. West Jeff is... But is boy, they, when they're at the peak and valleys, they there's seems right. like they're never 5-5. Five and five. They're either 10-0 and 0 or like 1-0. Yeah, and, yeah. like, and so I'd hate to see Alder go into that kind of a spin where they spend five or eight years, you know, sub-500 when they've had such a great tradition. All right, we've brought a guest in this week to talk a little bit about the Fairbanks-Madison game, Madison Plains game. Matt Cordell, give me a full report. Well, uh, two things, Bob. You said you didn't remember whether it was Northwestern or, North, or Northeastern. I can tell you it was Northwestern because I got an eyeful of Northeastern on Friday night. Uh, Northeastern beat Madison Plains 63-7. to It was the third consecutive week that Madison Plains has had a running clock. Chad, you mentioned that some of these teams are going to have a running clock. and um, I would guess that, that Fairbanks is going to have a running clock in the... In so they've the, got injuries too, right? Yeah, Madison Plains is, like a lot of small teams, is, is not big enough to withstand injuries or illness and Madison Plains has had both uh, you know Madison Plains has gone through has been on three different centers uh, Madison Plains has had two different quarterbacks 
Um, and they are they don't have a quarterback that's fully healthy at this point, but they're kind of trying to cobble together a, a, a team. Um, I know that Madison Plains and Fairbanks had looked to have a JV game on on Saturday morning, and I got a text uh, about 12.30 on Friday night that there would be no JV game because Madison Plains did not have enough quarters to play to start a, a, vars- a JV game. So uh, Madison Plains has really struggled, I believe, that on defense, on 20 consecutive drives where the first-team offense has played against Madison Plains, uh, they have scored a touchdown. Madison Plains just has not been able to stop anyone. It has not helped that Madison Plains played Zane Trace. That's a pretty decent team. And then played Mechanicsburg. That is a pretty decent team. Now, I think they're going to be a very good team. And then they played Northeastern last week. And, and from Fairbanks fans and for Triad fans, they're going to get to see Northeastern. You're going to see that's a very good team you know that they have coming up but it's going to be hard i think for madison plains to stop fairbanks's running game it's just they've got power up the middle with Ryordan Stoffer. then if madison plains crowds things and tries to shut them down inside you get the ball on the on the edges to brogan green and he's just going to go off and, on you and his younger brother riker green has got some carries last week against uh, Greenview and picked up some yards too. Yeah, what so what that game end up last week? That was oh, what was the score of that game? It was rather lopsided. I can't right off the top of my head, but but Fairbanks moved the ball up well against Greenview, and I've I've got a feeling that it's going to be about the same thing against Madison. Madison Plain Plain. simply because Madison Plains just doesn't have the depth to Here's stop. Question. Fair Might points. that game not take place? Well, how, I haven't how, heard how, how depleted is that roster? How many healthy bodies do they have? Yeah, Madison Plains honestly does not have very many healthy bodies. They've got they've got holes, you know, on offense, on defense, at, at every level. They've got you know holes in the line, holes in the, the linebackers, holes in the secondary. It really is. And part of Madison Plains' defensive issues is that they have no offensive consistency. I mean, they really. They can't score. Um, Defense is having to stay on the field for extended periods of time. That's exactly it. They cannot get off the field. And then they come right back, and they will have a 14-second three-play drive where they throw the ball three consecutive times, and there they are, and their defense is back on the field. And they're not deep enough to – Yeah, they don't have that kind of depth to withstand that kind of – Nope. uh, Of constant pressure. And then when when your defense is playing on its heels like that – and Fairbanks, even they're running the wing tee, but they can strike quickly. Mm-hmm. And I've seen Brogan Green appear to be stopped, and then he gets to the second level of the defense, and then there's another hole, and then all they're, the other team's looking at is his the back of his jersey. It wouldn't, doesn't sound like it would take much wear. Take a spring on a little bit of COVID, and Madison Plains may not Madison Plains physically have enough bodies. So I guess we're, we're wrapping up with the Fairbanks – uh, Madison Plains portion of this, and then let's go to Triad. Do you have any? Uh, we need some gunshot sound effects to describe Triad from what I saw them last week against Springfield Catholic Central, and they Triad got into the red zone several times, and it was boom, off goes one toe, boom, off goes another toe, and it's penalties, more penalties than anything else. They. Uh, Triad lost, I think, one fumble, but they just were. They they had the ball on the three yard line. They were looking to score. 
There were a couple of late hits, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. All of a sudden, Triad had the ball back on Springfield Catholics 35. They lost 32 yards in penalties just like that, and they couldn't score. They got down to Springfield Catholics one-yard line with 13 seconds left to go. They could not get a playoff. They had the quarterback over on the sidelines talking to him, and by the time he ran out there and the time they got up to the line of scrimmage, game was over with clock red zero. So that was what a main thing as far as why they got shut out. Uh, Another thing, they didn't have their coach last week. Dylan Weirs was ill. Someone was saying he was very ill. I asked, is it COVID-related? No one seems to know. So I've got a... Uh, a message into Logan Dunn, the athletic director, to see whether the head coach is going to be back this week. I hope, hope so for comments after the game because uh, also shout out was Tim on coach's comments after the game as the assistants didn't want to talk well, to him. Yeah, and D- Dylan Weirs, I know that Dylan's not a, a real chatterbox anyway. D- so. Dylan's not a quoting machine, and I don't mean that maliciously. It's just that... I'm a sports guy. I'm not a dentist. I can't stand there and pull quotes out of his mouth like a dentist can yank out a tooth. So they're going to be playing at Greenan on Friday. Greenan has, they're one and two. So they're another one of those Ohio Heritage Conference teams that are struggling. They're struggling with numbers. They've got about as many passing yards as they do rushing. Uh, interesting thing Greenan has had two games called off because of COVID. They were going to play West Liberty last week. West Liberty called off early in the week with COVID. Then they were looking around. They thought they had Worthington Christian. Guess what? More of your virus type thing. So they've only played three games. They've only missed one week, but they've they missed out on two teams that they could have played. So Triad's got some very good skill kids. The Hayden Simpson, Nathan Bales is, I think he's learning how to play quarterback. He had one intentional grounding penalty that was just very, very problematic for them. And unfortunately, he just well, he just decision making. Well, he just had a guy wrapped all over him, and he tried to throw it out of bounds, but it just. <laughs> I don't know whether he lost count of the what down it was. Of course, when intentional grinding, you lose a down. That put him in fourth down. He just looked a little for shimmeled out there, for lack of a better word. Uh, uh, Heard that, learned that word on Mash one time. Uh, football time. Hawkeye so. Hawk was a little for shimmeled. He uh, wasn't going crazy. He was just a little for shimmeled. Uh, there might be. This is a German area. There might be some people. In yeah, there could <laughs> be. Try it. I'd flip a coin. There are green and uh, yeah, it's two OHC teams that are struggling. It's going to be, I think the winner is going to be the one who can struggle the least. Uh, Triad did not need that game. I think Triad was gaining some confidence and, you know, feeling like they were playing, you know, maybe a little better than people expected and they did not need well, that it was game what, to have Well, it was what I was worried about last yeah. week when we were doing this. Springfield Catholic has such good athletes. They're much more athletic. Triad had more muscle on their line than Springfield Catholic did. But when Triad's defenders got to the backfield, it was just Myers just went, okay, all right, you're here. You're here. I'm going there. And the Triad's defense was just gas trying to tra- chase him down 
the entire game. And that happens so much in small schools. Yeah. I've seen Triad back when they had some playoff teams. They had those type of running backs mm-hmm. where yeah. there wasn't necessarily a hole there, but they, they could, found a they, way. They, they found a way to make, make that, it into a positive That Myers play. kid is a, a kid that um, they kind of threw him to the wolves as a freshman. He's this very athletic kid. They threw him to the mm-hmm. wolves as a freshman. Mm-hmm. He took some lumps. Uh, but learn some things, and, and I think you got well, some of those teams that some OHC teams, you know, tried maybe one of them that's hoping that they learn something. They maybe take some hits, but well, Springfield Catholic has learned a lot from last year to this year because I, I saw them play against Fairbanks in the opening game of 2020, and they were freshmen and played like freshmen. Mm-hmm. This year, a lot of those sophomores are already playing like juniors because of all the lessons, the hard lessons they had to learn last week. So I don't think Marysville's going to have a problem. No, Westland's 2-2, two and two and they're coming off two straight losses. And North, Just traditionally, Marysville yeah. is always happy to see Westland on their schedule, I think. North Union's not going to have a big problem. It's a rivalry game, yeah. But Jonathan Alder's not going to have the manpower to – Make good on their part of the rivalry. And I think I and North Union is going to want it. North Union is going to want to score and score. Oh yeah, they well, play six quarters that they could. They haven't. They haven't beat Jonathan. They've Alder been since on the other, 2014. Even with good so, teams, yeah. yeah. When Alder has come to town, and you thought, well, maybe this is North Union's year. It hadn't happened. Well, this is North Union's year. Oh yeah, and they're going to take <laughs> take. Well, take in, in years past, North Union's had very good teams. Jonathan Alder's. Had very very good teams. This year, North Union's got a great team. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Alder is struggling, mm-hmm. and uh, Fairbanks, Madison Plains is just again I, the, those Madison Plains kids. I mean, I know you and I've talked before, Mike. They're working hard, and they are. They're learning. They could be the type of team like Springfield Catholic. Take some lumps and hopefully learn and get better, but. I expect the de- a running clock this week. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't have enough depth to, to handle. What did you say? 11 kids got hurt last week? Yeah. I don't think Marysville could withstand that. and Marysville could withstand it a lot better, better than Madison. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Plains, 11 injuries yeah. are going to crew 11, 11 injuries is, you know, is going to be very, very tough. You know, I know that some of, those, some of those kids will be back this week for Madison Plains, but I know several of them, several of them will not, several of them were season-ending injuries, so... Oh. Even if even how if many, they come back half gimpy, right? It doesn't take long, you yeah. know, to bust right. that thing up. How again. many season-ending injuries have they had? Uh, I know they had at least they have at least five season-ending injuries. I know they had at least two season-ending injuries on on last Friday night. That's it's just they just don't have the depth or the and they don't have they don't have that star. They don't have a, a kid that can take over the game and say, like the the young man from Springfield Catholic Central or yeah. Gabe Powers that can just kind of will a team to to victory. They don't have that that type of talent um, or that kind of depth. So, how many do they have on their roster to start the season? About thirty five, maybe. Okay, and you get you get five season ending injuries, and then you get six, seven, eight more. Gimpy type injuries where they're not going to be at full strength for a while. That's that just from the quarterback position. They have been uh, really fortunate that one of them, one of their quarterbacks, is healthy this week, but gets injured, and so next week the other one plays, and then he's injured, and they've been bouncing back and forth. Just 
trying to keep one quarterback upright. They're going to be running uh, more of a wildcat formation. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. They're going to start running. They're going to put a running back back there eventually and just run wildcat. And and they've got a sophomore running back right now because they're, they're. Regular varsity <laughs> running back has a knee injury, so uh, they're trying to limit what he does. So, in other words, they got a sophomore yep. running back because they have to have a sophomore yes. running back. Thank Kevin's there. Running clock is thank God. Thank Kevin's we don't cover them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'd not be sending anybody to those games. Uh, Gabe Powers continues to impress. Nice. Uh, any truth to the rumor that Ohio State wants him to play this Saturday because huh. their linebacking court stomped up <laughs> the Oh, boy, they did. I'll tell you what, he's, it's looking like he's going to get a play early on in his career up there. But they're just they're, – that, that defense is just so good. I mean, Col- Colton Powers is, is playing very well too. And it's, it's, just, it's, it's just pretty impressive to watch. They're just so Would fast. you say it might be after three weeks – you know, only after three weeks, mm-hmm. but – might it be the best Marysville defense you've seen in a number of years? Or has it reached that level yet, or is it close? I can't I can't remember one I would have thought was better. I think you might look back to that, and I wasn't covering it then. What was it, that 92 team that went to the state Final Four? 91. 91 team that went to the state Final Four, and they – Gabe's dad, Mike, was on, I on that team, yeah, yeah. strange yeah. enough. And, uh, yes, I'm working on my second generation. They held some. Families. They held some uh, teams. Like I remember, they beat St. Mary's like six to nothing. St. Mary's was defending state champ. That's yeah. the '91 team. Mm-hmm. But it, it's hard for me. I mean, it's hard for me to think of a defense they've had that's been this good. I can't. I certainly can't think of one. All right. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the great information and thanks to everyone for listening. If you do enjoy what you hear, please subscribe to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast pages. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, as well as many other podcast streaming platforms. So be sure and tune into the show next week and we'll see you on Thursday.